Hi friends, welcome to the Grace-Based Families podcast. At Grace-Based Families, we are all about helping people bring God's grace to the forefront of all areas of their lives. And this includes our lives at work. Whether you work from home, work in an office, or are running your own business, how we treat the people we work with can define the culture around us and make or break how we experience our lives at work. Our ministry is excited to be launching a great new resource called Grace at Work, a book by Tim Kimmel and Michael Tucker. Find out more about the book and pre-order at graceatworkbook.com. Now on to the Grace Based Families podcast. Hey, Karis. Hey, Michelle. Today we're going to talk about something I love and you just confessed you do not. Okay. <laughs> well, all right. No. Tell everybody what okay. it's about Today and then I want to clarify. Yes, exactly. That's what I thought we would do is kind of like set up where the different positions we're coming from. So today we're talking about club sports, scholarship, and spiritual priorities. And you said right before we started recording. Well, I said you're the sports sports person and I'm the artsy fartsy person. So <laughs> I, love I don't. It's not that I don't care about sports and I don't enjoy them. I do. Um, I It's yes. just was not as big a part of my upbringing as I think it was yes. for you. Yes. And but your girls did play sports. So you're it's not yeah. and your brothers played sports and your yes. sister. So yeah. it's not like it's no, foreign no, we to definitely, you. No, it's not foreign to me. And yes, my like I love basketball, love to watch basketball, yes. love my sons. <laughs> um, so. so as a lover of sports. Um, OK, so I grew up basically going to school so that I could like practice after school whatever it's yeah, sport so it was you like play sports that got me through that and art i did like mm-hmm. art like i was all about the electives to get through school yeah um, well me too just different electives so for yeah. me like i went to school to do choir i went to school to do drama and play and <laughs> we're you real know, academics the, yeah <laughs> exactly i mean I, it was like uh, what's the minimum grades i have to get so that i'm i qualify to right i'm eligible to participate yes. but i think that's true for a lot of kids i mm-hmm. mean and, and school is a place where you know it's not made for everyone right right it's not it's not designed for everyone yeah and so it's those uh those electives those extracurriculars mm-hmm. the arts the sports that i think keep a lot of kids yeah going right and so today we're going to talk about some of the benefits of sports and being on a team and you know putting your kids through this gauntlet of club sports we're going to talk about today some of the great character building things that are there but also some of the realities that come with competitive sports yeah um i think the landscape has changed since you and i were in junior high and high school 15 well uh, 25 15, years ago. Oh, I? I just turned 40. You just turned 40. And I'm math. 41. Okay, and it's been yeah, a while. It's I more think than you graduated years. a year after me or I don't know. But I graduated in 1999. When did you 2000. Try? 2000. Okay. So, yeah. Mm-hmm. Right around the corner. Okay. But um, with, let's just kind of start off with the fact that there are so many genuinely good reasons to play sports. When here at Grace Based Families, we talk about building character. And I think a yeah. lot of that can come from sports. We talk about hard work, endurance, um, discipline, courage. Um, courage, learning how to communicate, being a good team teammate. Mm-hmm. Um, there's so many. And then just like that, moving your body and right. being healthy and, you know, all that is wonderful. But I do think we need to kind of look at the underbelly. And especially now there's just this like toxic 
competitive nature around club sports and everyone thinking they're going pro and going to the league. So mm, yeah, <laughs> let's unpack that a little bit today. Um, I grew up in a very unathletic family. My mom um, was in like the special needs PE because she had a heart murmur. And oh, so she okay. would always say, oh, man, they were so mean to me because I didn't look, you know, disabled on the outside. So they would like bully me in this PE track. So yeah. she would like wanted nothing to do with sports. And then my dad grew up like on a military base and is the most unathletic like computer nerd. So I never yeah. had these parents pushing me into sports. I just felt like, okay, if I push all my really tall, uncoordinated energy into one direction, maybe I can be somewhat successful at it. And it was fun. And I was out like outgoing and wanted something to be part of. So that's kind of what got me into sports. But I think now um, there's this new wave of parents that are really pushing and encouraging their kids to, (laughs) you know, max themselves out physically, emotionally, um, all for this end all be all holy grail of getting a scholarship mm-hmm. or going pro. So what what sports did you play? What were your I mean I know yeah. but let's yeah. tell the listeners so what, I, what I, you played. I played volleyball growing up and then um did track and softball in high school but then I started I did club sports so I played club, club volleyball through high school. Um and then went on to college and played volleyball in college. So, and I did, I am, it's funny that we're going to be bashing this because I did get a full ride scholarship. But again, we're going to talk about why did that happen? It's because I wanted it. My parents weren't pushing it. Yeah. It was my own intrinsic life goal and it was super hard and it was Mm -hmm. super rewarding and there was a lot of tears Um, and it was really great, but it's not for everybody. Yeah. And yeah. And it happened in, in a point in time that was different than this Absolutely. point in time. I mean, I think about like, I mean, I know because my daughters go have both graduated now from the same high school that I went to. They went through the same choir program that I went through. And if I was in the choir program now with them, I wouldn't have had nearly the opportunities that I had when when I went to school there because it has become such a even choir right you know that's not a sport but it's become so much more highly competitive it's show choir it's all about dancing and performance and less about the vocals in my Mm. opinion um and so a lot of the the kids that are most successful they're the dancers that have been doing ballet since they were three and they have a private dance instructor and private vocal instructors and so it's not just sports that right. has sort of taken this turn or mm-hmm. this this um, I don't know level of focus and and almost to a point of a toxic competitiveness. It's mm-hmm. everything. Yeah, I was on the palm line in junior high. Our awesome. junior high school went to the state championships and we won the the palm state championship That's so cool. we were all just a bunch of you know ragamuffin <laughs> girls right. that did that could weren't good enough to make the cheer squad yeah. so we formed a palm line and that <laughs> year we went and we won state and it was so fun right but but i could be on the palm line in the choir do the play mm-hmm. go um i mean i took private uh piano lessons i was in my youth group yeah and i ran track and field i did like five field events and four track events and like you could participate in a lot of stuff 
And now those things like, were available, and now it's everyone is yeah, it's such you. You specialize, and then I even think the coaches. It feels like they're possessive now. Mm. Either the choir teacher, or the drama teacher, or the the football coach. It's like, no, you yeah. can't do those other things. I need you in practice every day, starting in the summer, before mm-hmm. you're even in school. At a public school, you're going to be practicing yeah. <laughs> every day, and I give you no leeway to do anything else with your time. And it yeah. was not that way, right? When I was in junior high, when I we agree. were in junior high and high school, we yeah. could do. Multiple things, multiple sports, multiple activities. Yeah, extra and maybe that's mm-hmm. still still true at smaller schools with mm-hmm. smaller populations. We both went to high schools, uh, junior highs and high schools with pretty large student yeah. body populations, and so. Um, yeah, it's like you specialize and that coach is not going to give you any leeway to do anything else. Whereas I think smaller schools, it's like there's only so many you. kids. They <laughs> to need do everybody the to do the play and the, <laughs> yeah. the glee club and, right. the, you know, and the football team and the, you know, student right. council committee and yeah. all this stuff. It's like if everybody doesn't participate in, in multiple things, you don't have those things. Mm-hmm. Um, so I, I, I recognize that this may be an ex- the experience of a more... Uh, populated right. uh, school and district. But mm-hmm. I know that a lot of kids and families experience this now. Right. And we're going through it. We have three boys and we're trying to gauge how involved do we allow them to get? What does this look like? So let's just talk about some of these realities around competitive sports. What And that includes cheer and dance, not yeah, just think, traditional uh, right. sports. Cheer and dance and maybe, you know, competitive show choir. Right. And it's, it, it's nuts. It can be anything now. Like the chess club. Yeah. People have <laughs> love private it. chess That's like, true. coaches. It's crazy. Yep. Absolutely. Well, the first thing, and we've kind of hit on this, but a large percentage of kids who participate in their younger years of these, you know, with these really rigorous programs end up getting burnt out by the time they get to high school. Um, and sometimes that can really disappoint the parents, especially if you put a lot of time and money and travel into yeah. this and you're, and you're kind of hoping, okay, well, we're doing all this so that they can make varsity someday Mm -hmm. or so that they can get a scholarship or whatever. And then when they're like, I don't want to do that anymore. Yeah. And then they take it out kind of right before the finish line there. And uh, yeah. And and I think that that, that disappointment that the parents feel is felt by the kids, the kids, you know, they know that if a parent is disappointed or upset with them and that can really affect your relationship with your kids. Mm -hmm. Yep. And, Another thing is overuse injuries, which you keep hearing more and more about now. We just watched this YouTube video from a Hall of Famer called John Smoltz. Is that mm-hmm. his name? John Smoltz. Um, and he, in his Hall of Fame acceptance speech, he's an MLB player. and yeah, former pitcher for the Atlanta Braves. Yeah. And um, yeah. So. He was saying that um, he had a shoulder injury and he had this Tommy John surgery. And in his Hall of Fame acceptance speech, he's, he starts saying... Do not start kids too young and they should not be playing year round because they will have overuse injuries like I did. And right. he's one of the few um, Major League Baseball players, apparently, that came back from this Tommy John well, he, surgery. The, yeah, he's the only he has the distinction, at least at the time he was inducted, of being the only pitcher to be inducted into the Hall of Fame who had recovered from Tommy John surgery. And I watched this YouTube video as well of, of uh, John Schmoltz talking about about overuse injuries and he said you know the tommy john surgery should be rare 
Mm-hmm. I mean, this is such a specialist surgery for such a very specific type of catastrophic injury. This should be yeah. happening very, very infrequently, but it's an epidemic now. Yeah. And this these can be career ending injuries. I mean, that's always a risk when you play sports. Mm-hmm. But I think um, these are actually preventable injuries, right? I think that's what's so frustrating about them. I mean, there are injuries that happen that they just happen, mm-hmm. you know, they're accidents. Right. And to the extent that you're going to play a sport, you're going to take the risk <laughs> that yeah. that could happen. Right. But what's frustrating about overuse injuries is that they're entirely preventable. Mm-hmm. And they happen because kids, especially while their bodies are developing, are overusing muscles over and over and over because they're playing the same sport, the same position in the same sport over and over Mm -hmm. and over and over. Yeah. I I told you earlier, my father-in-law was an athletic director for 30 years and he keeps telling us and, and, and coach and he keeps saying, don't let your boys specialize yet. I mean, our oldest is going yeah. into fifth grade. He's like, let them play whatever sports they want. Yeah. Don't let them focus on one because they're going to burn out. They're going to have injuries. Just right. let them do golf, basketball, football, whatever. You don't need to specialize yet. So yeah, just yeah. Encourage I, I'm hearing that from so, from professional players. I'm mm-hmm. hearing it from orthopedic surgeons. I mean, yeah. uh, we we have a, a a good friend and donor to our ministry who uh, heads up an orthopedic surgery group in Arkansas. And it used to be pretty rare mm-hmm. that they would do surgery on a pediatric patient yeah. for an overuse injury. It happened really, really infrequently. And now it's like the core part of their business. Yeah, I believe it. You know, and he grieves it. I mean, I guess he's glad to have the business. He's glad that his business is growing, but he it just grieves him to see these young, young kids having to have rotator cuff surgery mm-hmm. when they're 12. Yeah, that's crazy. You had some I had one surgery, at 20. Right? You had one <laughs> yeah. at 20. But I was done with my, but yes, right. everyone had a surgery after we graduated college. It was crazy. It was right. either ACL, MCL, well, and, and, rotator and, cuff. Sports can be hard on our bodies, but I think the point is trying to delay those things. Yes. You know, allowing your kids to grow and develop more naturally and have a wide range of movements that their Mm -hmm. bodies do. Yeah, absolutely. Um, And that's just the physical aspect, let alone the emotional burnout that they experience from so much pressure and doing the same thing. And well, just the hours that they're committing to a sport. I mean, you think about club or travel or whatever that may be, um, personal trainer, it really leaves such little time for a kid to focus on hobby other hobbies right school church like schoolwork is hard spending time with their siblings and their family so yeah it's just again we're we're just saying so we're, we're not saying sports are as bad bad because mm. i am a sports fanatic like yeah. me and my husband both played college sports our kids are all in sports we love sports but again how do you keep the bubble in the middle so that is not what the only thing your family is about well and i think it's important to keep a perspective on childhood mm-hmm. you know remember what childhood is for and this yeah. is a time is a it, it, that you never get back mm-hmm. with your own kids to build a strong relationship with them and to allow them to explore yeah themselves mm-hmm. interests hobbies uh you know being well-rounded and that's going to serve them better right than being, you know, being a specialist in one sport that that statistically speaking, 
it is highly unlikely that they will get a college scholarship for that mm-hmm. thing. Mm-hmm. Very, very unlikely. And it's even infinitesimally more unlikely that they will play that sport professionally. Yeah. I, I mean, I know you've got a chart in front of you. It's yeah, it's pretty it's interesting. It's so rare. Hi, listeners. Kelly Work here with Grace Based Families. I wanted to break into this episode and tell you about a great new podcast series we're launching called the Grace at Work miniseries. This series of episodes is going to focus specifically on how we bring grace-based living into our professional lives. We spend so much of our lives at work, whether it's in the home, outside the home, or running our own businesses. And our experiences of work can define every other area of our lives, including our marriages and parenting. That's why it's so important that we talk about creating a culture of grace in our workplaces. We invite you to join us for these important conversations and please share them with anyone in your life who could use some grace at work. Now on to the Grace Based Families podcast. It's about a chart in front of you. It's, yeah, it's, pretty it's so rare. So it, not to go too hard into the numbers, but basically for the percentage of uh, let's just do men's basketball because it's the first one here. Um, the percentage of high school boys that go on to the NCAA, mm-hmm. which is the higher level of collegiate sports, um, is less than 3%. So that's from high school basketball player to NCAA athlete. Then from NCAA athlete or basketball player to the NBA is less than 1%. Less than 1% less of than that 3%. 1% of that 3%. So yes. the, the number of high school basketball players that go on to play for the NBA is 0.03. So less than a third of 1%. Yeah. So, and again, we're not trying to be dream crushers. My husband played basketball, but he's only 6'1", and he's white, and he, he always <laughs> jokes. He's like, my mom always crushed my dream. She told me I was just not going to fit like yeah. what an NBA player would be, and so I'm not going to crush our kids' dreams. I'm like, well, yeah, but there's also the, the reality. He's like, I know, but the world's harsh enough. We don't need to beat that into them. We just will put some some boundaries and some guardrails so that this doesn't become Well, it's not their- about telling your kid you'll never make it. and It's just about... Keep keeping your head on yes, your shoulders right. as a parent and going, Realizing, my kid can dream about this. Yes. Let them play to the extent that they want to play. But the minute it becomes pressure for them and you're pushing them and then also think about what you're giving up. Right. For them to play on every traveling team. Yeah. Uh, go to every clinic, um, you know, be be in leagues where they're playing four games a week mm-hmm. and it's all over the state and you're driving, you know, think about what that means because that's one child. If you have multiple kids in your family, right. think about the implications on your other kids. Yeah. Um, and that was one of the, the other points we had is those non-participating kids tend to feel left out. Even if it's, you know, no one's trying to leave out. No one wants right. to hurt another kid's feelings. But it's the nature of the beast when you're at an all-weekend tournament with one kid and then the other two or one or whatever are just in tow or they're stuck at home. It kind of can fracture a family. And again, not yeah. that it's not doable, it's just something to keep in in mind, you know, yeah. something to be mindful of. Um, another thing which we've kind of hit on is just raising one dimensional kids. You know, do here at Grace Face Families we always talk about raising kids for true greatness, right? Which is, means they're not striving for money, beauty, power, fame. We're striving for kids that will have a humble heart and a grateful heart and a generous heart. And so that is 
allowing kids time in their schedule to serve others and to have other interests. And instead of just being extremely good at one thing, being so self-centered that they're trying to make it to the pros or trying to make, I want to make a lot of money by doing that, you know, this sport or whatever. We need to focus that our kids' youth is like, it should not be one dimensional, just sports, 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 sports. I mean, that's the world we're in right now. And sometimes the kids, even with our, my own kids, we have to fight against it. They want to do all the sports all the time. And it's like, okay, no, this is too much for our family. We have to do, yeah. we can do one camp at a time or one sport at a time per person um, because it's a big commitment. And a lot yeah. of these are year round commitments now too, which they weren't when we were younger. They weren't, no. It was you had your school season and maybe you had like a, you know, club season or you were off for the summer, but now it's like practice at least three times a week, tournaments on the weekends, which makes it hard for kids to go get involved in church young life you serving group, serving volunteering yeah. yeah yeah so you just have to think about yeah how if they're spending so much time at the gym or on the field or what have you um what is that what what are you saying what, no to right. to allow those yeses yes yeah well let's get real and get a little personal i want to ask you a personal oh, yeah. question about your volleyball yeah. career when you ended that volleyball career after college you know Mm -hmm. you you ended your your playing years how did you feel about that yeah it what feelings did you have it was hard you know luckily i had a relationship with jesus so i knew my identity was not in this sport and Mm -hmm. i also knew as a girl i wasn't gonna like go pro or something so i didn't have any ambitions to go on past college so i knew there was an end date to it but it was so much part of my life from age 12 to 20 or whatever. Yeah. Um, those teammates, those coaches, the travel, everything around it. I remember graduating. I left Iowa State and I got in the parking lot. I started crying. Yeah. And my husband, who was at my boyfriend at the time, was like, what's wrong? You just graduated? Like, you should be excited. I'm like, I don't know what to do now. I've yeah. always had a team. I've always been part of something. I've always been told what time to eat, where to go, where we're traveling. We had a traveling tutor. We had like every minute of my life was scheduled out. And now I'm just on my own. Yeah. And I knew my identity wasn't wrapped up in that, but it was, I felt a little lost. So I can't imagine someone who doesn't have a close relationship with the Lord, yeah. what that would feel like when that chapter yeah. ends. Because you can really get wrapped up with your identity being yeah and there is an expiration date on all of these things yes um when i mean i i would also submit that you you were a more well-rounded person i mean by the time you got to college obviously you're specializing in volleyball that's your second full-time job in addition to being a student right but um but you also had done art you had gotten your education you were involved in church church youth groups and you were led a bible study with my teammates and they looked at me like i was cross-eyed but i think towards the end of my college i was like okay i know there's an expiration date god has me here with these girls for a reason i spend more time with them than anybody so what is he calling me to do so i I think sports could be used as an amazing mission field and opportunity because those girls did not know a lot of them had not heard about jesus growing up and they're like i remember one time we were in a locker room and we had lost and everyone was crying and they were like how can you this talk about like a softball pitch they're like michelle why aren't you so upset and i was like well i am but 
life goes on, right? And they were like, how do you have so much hope? And I was like, oh, geez. And I remember I got to share my testimony in <laughs> yeah. the locker room. And I was like, like, well, because have my... you heard of the four spiritual yes, laws? exactly. No. <laughs> I know. It's like, my hope is in Jesus. But really, and they looked at me like, okay, you're weird. But whatever. Yeah. It did open up the door for opportunity there. Um, anyway, it was God. Ha- that's why I am such a proponent for sports. Just not because just of the character building. But you are with these people and you can be a light. Yeah. Or... You know, they can also drag you down, but right. <laughs> there can be some really neat ministry opportunities there. Yeah, yeah. But. Well, I, I think it's important. I mean, I hope you hear in Michelle's story that that even with all of the well-rounded, you know, talents and, and education that you had and with you having your identity in Christ, it's still really, really hard. It's yeah. not a reason not to do it, but I think we do our kids a disservice if we don't allow them the time and the space in their younger years, in their early years, junior high, even into high school, to explore a lot of different um, hobbies and talents and interests, and then also allow for them to have time to develop a relationship with Jesus. Yeah, and that takes time, and and it happens outside of church, but it also happens within the structure of a faith community, mm-hmm. and especially a youth group type of a community or Young Life or something yeah. like that. And then so much of our, you know, I know so much of my spiritual formation came as a result of serving others. Right. Probably more than anything else. Mm. You know, I love to pray. I am a prayer. That is my main spiritual discipline. I I read the Bible. Um, but when I am able to be the hands and feet of Jesus to someone else, it, it has such a humbling, mm. transformative effect on me. And we're taking that opportunity away from our kids if we so fill their schedule mm-hmm. with one thing to the at the expense of all these other opportunities. And so I just I mm-hmm. I beg young parents to just take a minute, put your head up, look around, and remember that you're subject to a marketing machine. Right. That really didn't exist when we were younger. Not to not the way it does now. Mm-hmm. Um, and we're all subject to that marketing, but this is a profit-driven, I mean, we haven't mentioned this before, mm-hmm. but in my opinion, this is the big thing that changed. Mm. S- youth sports went from being recreational and things that, that leagues that schools, public schools had primarily, to being a for-profit industry. Yeah. That's what changed. Mm-hmm. And I, so you follow yeah, the so. money. And so you need to understand, young parents, this is a this is a money making machine that is manipulating you <laughs> to 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 sacrificing your your kids' childhood for mm-hmm. profit. Mm-hmm. You need to understand that they are the product. Yeah. Right. And you're selling them. I'm sorry. <laughs> like I know I'm not the sports person, so I can be hard. But honestly, it's this. It's the same is true with youth theater. Now it mm-hmm. went for profit. The same is true mm-hmm. with a lot of music programs. Yeah. They went for profit. So it went from being this thing that communities did as an enrichment, right, to being a profit model. Yeah, follow and the money. Follow right. the money. <laughs> and money so, signs. and and parents swallowed it, and they they were you know. Mm-hmm they became convinced that you have to do this and you do not have to do anything you're in charge you're the parent you're Mm -hmm. the leader and you can put your foot down and say my child is going to play this club sport 
but you will not see them on Sunday. Mm-hmm. Sorry. Right. Or we're not doing uh, so many out-of-state travel. We'll do right. local things, yeah. but we're not going to go to every yeah. out-of-state tournament. You, de- you demand yeah. a league mm-hmm. that stays in-state, create a league that stays in-state. Mm-hmm. So it's like we, us parents have given up all of our power yeah. to this profit machine, and we can take mm-hmm. it back. So that's my yeah. little pep talk. I love for it. young parents. I'm I'm young too, I but I have it. older kids now. So, but I think what you just hit on is a I. <laughs> this is <laughs> I always joke. I'm going to write a book that says you're called your kid is just not that good at sports, <laughs> and I was also not your that kid's good. just not that special. Yeah, yeah, like I was not that gifted of an athlete. I have no idea how it how I ended up playing in college. I really don't. My husband always says, you are the most unathletic athlete I have ever seen because I trip, (laughs) I run into walls like with my face. I can't throw a ball to save my life. Like I am awful. But um, I, my point is my parents never pushed me. If they would have pushed me, um, I probably would have quit. I wanted it, right? But nowadays you see so many parents that want it more than their kids do. Yeah. I remember a couple years ago, I was at the gym and there was this skinny little man, <laughs> a petite dad. Yeah. And he was talking to this trainer. Oh, I got to get my son into personal training. Maybe you can start training him. And I'm thinking, well, this guy's like my age. How old is this kid? He's like, he's going to go pro and hockey. We live in Canada part of the year, blah, blah. I'm like, oh, he must be in high school. Well, then I see him the next time. He's a personal trainer. The kid is six years old. <laughs> I'm like, you've got to be kidding me. This First of all, his build is not for a hockey player. He his build he's like this dad with these like teeny little chicken legs. I feel like the dad was living vicariously like cuz oh, he yeah. he was saying, oh, "I should have played sports. I wish I would have." Right. Fill in the blank. And so now he's like putting all this pressure on this kid. You should have seen this kid with this trainer. It kept me busy on the treadmill every time because the kid was so disinterested. He would be like doing spins and the dad was like, "Let's go." Whatever his name was, Trey, focus. Let's go. We got to crunch it. We got we got to focus. I'm like, "He's 6. He's not interested in being a pro hockey player. You wanted you yeah, are like yeah, yeah, wishing yeah. you were a pro hockey player and newsflash he doesn't have the genetics for it sorry right. so i'm yeah. gonna write a book he's just not that good and <laughs> yeah relax. trying to live vicariously through your kids because your kid's not that good yes and and i tell my kids oh yeah you're not that good so, <laughs> well and I think, i'm not trying to burst their bubble but let's go well not I everybody think, like, is you know i i was pro. in the arts and you know i'm not a great actress I'm not not even a decent actress, but I was always in the plays because I enjoyed them. Yeah. Right? I didn't get the lead. Who cares? Like, I was, I participated in it because it was a community that I felt enfolded in, yeah. right? And I was in choir. I am a good musician. I'm a good singer. I'm not good enough to be a professional singer, right? Um, but it was something that I could do. But I think if I hadn't, if I had put everything into that basket, I'm going to go to LA, I'm mm-hmm. going to record an album, I'm going to be, I'm going to go pro, what a disappointment my life would be. Yeah. But instead, what I have is music Mm-hmm. That I can love, I can continue to play, I continue to sing, I, you know, participate in, in music at church, and I lead worship, and it's something that I, I think we just, when we make everything have to go to the nth degree and be professional, we have closed off a lot of the joy of just mm-hmm. participating in things yeah. for the joy of it. Yes. And that applies to sports just like it applies to other things, whether it's playing an instrument or um, glee club or playing chess or, mm-hmm. you know, there's so many things that 
I wish people could just release it yeah. and allow it to just be joy. Right. Absolutely. And that's why I probably played so long. And that's why other players play because you love the game. But if your right. parents are pressuring you or you yeah. feel like I have to hit this goal, I have to win at all costs, that takes the fun out of it. And if you feel like you have to do this thing professionally to continue doing it, you right. know what I mean? Yeah. It's like you if you love to paint just paint because you love to paint yeah. you don't have to be i mean some people are professional up. artists right. great but i just think we I, maybe it's an american sort mm. of approach to this kind of thing where everything yeah. is about monetizing everything and you just there's some things that you just ruin yeah when you when you right. when it has to be your profession rather than just uh, something that you love that you're that, passionate about yeah, yeah that you're passionate about and then that god can use i mean mm-hmm. god uses me through my music to minister to people yeah. um and uh same with my girls you know mm-hmm. they yeah we we put time into having them take lessons and and voice lessons and then being in in choir at school but not at the expense of everything else right. and now they have something that's going to be a lifelong joy yeah. for them Yes, I'm jealous. I wish I could carry a tune and <laughs> I'd done music. Instead. Well, and I think Sports. I think that plays into something that we that I think it's important to say is that the people who are extremely gifted, whether it's in sports or music or you name it, they come out of their mother's womb extremely gifted. Yeah. We were watching a documentary recently on Dennis Rodman. We watch a lot of weird sports documentaries. And he didn't start playing basketball until he was 21. Wow. 21. I, I mean, yes, but look at him genetically. He, what is he? Yeah. Seven, one. I don't know. He's yeah. huge. He's athletic. But, um, and, and that doesn't mean he didn't have to master his sport. But obviously, right. he has some God given, you know, talents well, and, and right. height. And it, it's obviously right. always a combination of, you know, genetics, mm-hmm. physicality, mm-hmm. Um, just general athleticism, plus talent and practice. Right. Right. It's always a combination of those things, but no amount of practice is going to turn, you know, string bean dad at the gym into <laughs> Dennis Rodman. Never. <laughs> it will know. never happen. You can practice every minute and of no one, every yes. day with the best trainers and in the world. And I will never be a gymnast. I can't do, I'm 5'10", can't do Me a handstand. Too. I've never been able to do a cartwheel. Like you could put all your, but I'm just not built to be a gymnast. Neither yeah. are you. Or jockey. What? Like we're Wait, massive. Right. <laughs> yeah, no, we're not. I mean, both of my girls rode horses. You bring up jockeys, but, but I mean, talk about like the most expensive sport that oh. they could have chose to play. Because, yeah. um, you know, it is, a, yeah. it, it is a sport and, um, and it is competitive, but they rode English and they did um, hunter jumper, which, you know, they're they're doing these race courses and jumping over um, barriers and things with horses. And it just got to the they neither of my girls are jockey size. They're yeah. large humans. They're tall. Um, my, my oldest daughter is six two. Yeah, and my younger <laughs> feet daughter were probably is, like dragging well, on the ground. It's so funny because you you have to get onto a mounting block yeah. to get onto these horses. It's just what the horses are trained for. So even if you're tall enough to mount the horse without the mounting block, you have to do the mounting block. So Riley climbs up on this mounting block. She's six two. She's up on like a four foot block. 
And she could literally like step onto the horse's back I'm because sure. she's so tall. Yeah. So then she has to like go way down. For, you know, it's just ridiculous. And and it got to the point where they outgrew their lesson horses when they were very, very, yeah. when they were like eight and nine. <laughs> and they're bigger than adults. And they didn't have any lesson horses really big enough to accommodate them. And I'm not going to buy a thoroughbred horse for $30,000. Yeah. And we're not even remotely in that financial category and so i had to just say to them look guys i know you love horses you can love horses you can volunteer at barns there's a bunch of like great barns in the scottsdale area that that treat uh help to to do horse therapy and to treat people with disabilities go volunteer at those places because we're out of our league here. Yeah, <laughs> I can't. I can't even afford the hay right. for a horse. So no, we're not oh, going to do this it. anymore. So that is you know, so funny. Uh, and it, a lot of w- what you just said is true. With a lot of sports, people are like, "Well, we're just we have to get them to this level in club. We have to do all this stuff so that they get a scholarship." Well, what they're not realizing is you've just paid for the right. You have paid for their college <laughs> a couple of times over by the time they I get know. to that point. Um, and there's other things you can get scholarships in. Yeah. Like, hello, it doesn't all have to be sports. And, mm-hmm. you know, depending on the state you're in, your your public universities are probably going to have academic scholarships. And we all think, oh, you have to be the valedictorian. You do not. Right. You know, mm-hmm. my, my younger daughter, who has so struggled in school, she's going to get to go to community college for almost free. Wow. With a 2.5 on an academic scholarship That's awesome. i'm like ac- like academic what like i don't understand <laughs> but like it, yeah it's it, she graduated not summa cum laude she graduated thank you Lottie. like oh it was gosh. like That's scraped awesome. by yeah but explore other yes <laughs> other scholarship abilities absolutely i got a scholarship for being a woman over five foot ten. Oh my gosh i got like I didn't know that was uh, a fifteen hundred dollars scholarship to ASU. Oh my gosh! Which at the time paid for a whole semester. Yeah, imagine that fifteen hundred dollars pays a whole semester. That's yeah. crazy. Yep. Well, I think the the last thing which we've kind of woven throughout is just thinking about how this whole arena of youth sports and competitive club sports can maybe take a toll on our kids' um, spiritual health. Yeah. And you've mentioned it before, but. For me, being involved with um, our youth group growing up was instrumental in my faith walk. I was raised in a Christian home, but really where my faith grew roots was being involved in a discipleship group, having older college girls or whatever they were mentoring me through different seasons of life, Mm -hmm. going to summer camp, going to winter camp, doing all these things that really, yeah, missions, choir tours, all those things that we did all through high school. And they were so important in my spiritual journey. And I know I did have to miss some nights for practice, but it was, I, I was like, oh, I don't want to have to miss. I need to get to church. I'd go straight from practice, like in sweaty knee pads to church Mm -hmm. because that was so key. And so Although sports can be so rewarding, um, I think the question that any Christian parent needs to ask themselves is, does this involvement in with my kids' sports undermine their ability to walk closely with the Lord? Is it taking them away from these opportunities to connect with the youth group, to connect with a faith community, um, young life, or whatever it may, may be, or like you were saying, opportunities to serve and missions trips? Um, if so, then we have to ask ourselves, is it worth it? You know, right. what's our end goal to raise a really great athlete or a really great kid that has a heart for the Lord and for others? Um, yeah. 
and I think both can be done, you know, right. I, but we just have to be really intentional about where our focus is. And, and it requires setting boundaries. Yes. And I, and I, well, I said this before, but I want to reiterate it to parents. You are the parent. Mm-hmm. And you can set boundaries. Yeah. And you can have conversations with coaches mm-hmm. or choir teachers or drama teachers and say, look, our family has some hard limits. Yeah. Our kids are uh, are part of their youth group on Wednesday nights or whenever it is for you. And we go to church on Sunday. Mm-hmm. And we set that time aside for God and for family. Mm-hmm. And we want to be on your team. But we're not going to do anything on those days. Yeah. You know, you really can do that. You can say that. Yeah. You can make limits. And we stopped making lim- limits. And so those boundaries got, uh, you know, got crossed. But mm-hmm. I just would encourage you. Yes, you can you can raise great athletes or great musicians or great artists or yeah. great academic, you know, scholars. And they can have the opportunity to grow in their faith but not if you just allow for the culture yeah to lead the conversation and to make the decisions absolutely we should be encouraging our kids for their priority to be to have a heart for the lord not just for their sports but for both but for obviously both. we need to be like you said if we let them out there in this lion's den of this money making club <laughs> sports yeah. machine world they're going to get eaten alive yeah so we have to keep their um priority to be focused on the lord and yeah directing their heart towards yes. him so yeah. but we do love sports please don't well, hear me yeah, bashing I was just about this. to say you know, if, if we've you know offended me. you with this conversation feel free to email us at family at gracebasefamilies.com we would love to pray for you we'd love to engage with you in this conversation how how does this conversation hit you do you feel like maybe you if you could go back you might change some things about how you've mm-hmm. you've uh, kind of approached this question of, of sports with your kids or do you feel like you're doing pretty well or do you think we're completely wrong about this you know we'd love to hear from you and have this conversation and ultimately this is this is based on our own opinions but also we we have really taken a look at the numbers here and we've listened to some of the people who, who are in the highest echelons of sports who have said this isn't good for kids um, and and I think we should take a, take time to listen to what they have to say and really take it to heart. And so we love you, listeners. Thank you for joining us today. Um, please uh, subscribe on, um, on the podcasting platform of your choice so that you know when new episodes come out. Thank you for listening to the Grace-Based Families podcast. This is part of Grace-Based Families Ministry. For more resources, check us out on gracebasedfamilies.com slash podcast or stream us on all major podcasting platforms. Once again, this is Karis and Michelle. Until next time.